show Special Mikey along with me as always, Andrew Anthony. What's up, Buttercup? And Super Vegan Brian. I don't have anything clever to say, Well, you so did, hello. You did rob us the last couple times, though. That was fun. You did it was hilarious, it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm actively looking for a file while I'm talking to you guys, because I love you. So, but do we have we someone have, else? Yes, we do. We have Stephen Deltor Jr., correct? Yes, thank you, and aloha. Did you say aloha? I did say aloha. <laughs> or as they say in the new Pokemon Sun and Moon, Alola. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Stephen Deltor or Stephen Deltor? It, it's Deltor. So like Del Taco? You, kind of like Del Taco. Delta Airlines? Whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> 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 I've heard it all. His name the whole time. <laughs> it, it it wouldn't be the first. <laughs> I met Stephen at Santa Clarita Valley Comic Con. Really, I did. So this this is one of those people that you networked out to, and isn't somebody you actually know like from previous like friendships. No, he's not my uncle. I'm not. I'm not tied into um, the entertainment world like you are, Anthony. Oh yes, and we did meet up meet up at the checkout checkout stand at the grocery store. It was it was an actual real thing. I have handed out cards at the grocery store, so we may have a random just. I met an interesting person or a homeless person on the on the call at some point. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's actually because if that a homeless be really person, interesting. if a homeless person has Skype, I want them on the call. Can't afford my house, but I got my internet. I love that. Well, I mean, that's possible because I actually knew a guy. I actually have a friend on Facebook. He is a homeless Hindu, but he's homeless by choice. It's a it's a particular type of um, a group of people. They they choose to be homeless by choice and they live off of donations. He has a cell phone and a Facebook. So, Stephen, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you are, where you're from, what makes you nerdy? <laughs> well, I, I'm from Bakersfield, California, so the Central Valley, and I guess I'm nerdy because I have grown up in an era that there was a little movie called Star Wars, and uh, I was raised into loving Disney, so that's been a huge influence on my life and where I've been going here in the last couple of years when it comes to my artwork, so it's great to be here. I have seen some of your artwork, and I am very much interested in it. Well, thank you. I appreciate hearing that. Uh, it's It's been interesting. I, I keep going in one direction, and then I turn a corner and find myself working on something else. So it, it's, it definitely keeps me motivated and keep uh, going, trying to create things that people seem to like. So Yeah, it, I, I do like a lot of what you got. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I especially like Little Monster. Thanks. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I I just found that there was just seemed like to be a hole. Uh, I was just really looking for something for my friends' uh, kids. They like, you know, things like science fiction, and they love Star Wars, and uh, but they also love monster characters and things of that nature. And I just couldn't find anything that I thought was appropriate for them, so I just created my own line. So that's kind of how that all happened. <laughs> Have you ever thought of um, making, like, a kid? book you know that's actually kind of funny to say because my original plan before i kind of went in this direction was i was working on scripting uh and doing a layout for uh, a couple of different children's books i had a few different ideas for 
uh, stories for, to do like a picture book because I am an illustrator. But I again, projects kind of get sidelined for a little bit and then they come back to the forefront. So uh, right now, the focus, especially when it comes to little monsters, is just trying to get the characters out there. But uh, I have been asked, well, you know, maybe to help promote the characters to do something in that vein. Um, I'm actually thinking about maybe going more in doing an, an you know a series of animated shorts with the characters and with this day and age and things like YouTube, it's a little bit easier to get a wider audience just by having a video and posting versus I have these characters I'm promoting. So let's create a book to help promote them. No, to me, that's like, okay, I'm promoting two things. I'm promoting a book and the characters. I'm trying to find, try to find that happy medium and I'm, I'm leaning towards animation. But that's also another process and will take some time to, to come up with. It's still going to be fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But definitely a lot of work. But, you know, it's it when you love what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to do it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I bet. Yeah, if you like what you're doing, it's going to be better. Absolutely. I don't have that feeling yet, but I will get there one day. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Well, I've been struggling with it for a long time. So it, you, it just is how life takes you sometimes. And, and that's how projects work. You know, like I said, Little Monsters became a huge highlight in my life and then other things kind of came up trying to find avenues to promote my artwork in general and find an audience and that's where things like the Retroland series of artwork has come up and and, um, my Rum Punch series which is based on uh, Tiki inspired drinks and Tiki culture so yeah, you know your your love of doing a lot of the Disney artwork and, and drawings has been really it's actually really interesting because that's what we're talking about today. It's all things Disney, loosely, loosely, very loosely, and we will be able to dive way more into our favorite topic of a giant mouse that lives in several castles across the world and has created very many lovely fairy tales. But first. We got to do what's nerdy with you now. It, it, you know, Stephen. If you're not aware, what this is a game that we play every week. You're included, and it's where we all sit down at first and discuss what was the nerdiest thing we did in this last and decide who was the nerdiest. And to be very polite and ha- and good, gracious host, you're going first. Sounds great. Uh, really, I'd say the nerdiest thing I probably did was uh, catching up with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I went to my local IMAX screen and caught a showing of it yesterday afternoon thought it was a fantastic introduction into the world of the the pre-world of harry potter before he was born and i'm fascinated to see where it goes from here nice yeah I've, i saw I, it. you did i saw it too Ah, i haven't got to see it yet and i really want to see it i'm hoping maybe this i haven't seen it yet either but i saw a different movie that's why i didn't see it oh you did well in that case anthony you're next what's nerdy with you okay well i guess my what's nerdy with me will be like multi-parted but I'm only going to pick one thing as like my thing. So first off, Let's get your honorable mentions out of the way. Uh, I got the Pokemon Moons. I actually really want to get that because it makes me want to pick a grass type for the first time in my life. Me too. That's who I picked. You did? Awesome. Yep. His final evolution is Grass Ghost. Ah. Which is such a weird combination. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty cool. It's all it's all Hawaiian like um, themed, which is entertaining. And there are already good funny jokes popping in like Professor Kui Kui. That's that's literally the professor. Is that the oak of the region? Kukui. Yeah, he's the oak of the region, except for he's extremely handsome and doesn't wear a shirt. Okay. Yeah. And he busts into your house without permission. And so then 
what happened after that um the pokemon moon uh last week i talked about tyranny and i want to give a quick update of that game because i remember brian going saying oh that story sounds kind of generic well (laughs) well the whole oh no we have to stop the rebellious people so the bad guys can be victorious finally at the end that's like just chapter one of the story that's just the first part of it and so there's like still an act two and act three that comes on after you've solved the whole rebellion thing that storyline gets kind of taken care of really quick hmm brian what do you have to say to that i watched the youtube videos of the game and oh i couldn't even tolerate it for five minutes (laughs) it was just such a mind-numbingly hard game to watch I was yeah, just, it's not good for streaming. I, I agree to that. Not a good streaming game. <laughs> I didn't look like I'd be able to get engaged in it playing it either. Either It just looked, ugh. I mean, hell, Undertale looked amazing. I mean, that was fun to watch. Um, this was this was just you know the the actual action of the game is just buried in walls of text it's like an interactive book with a little bit of gameplay see that doesn't really bother me really really doesn't Hmm. like civilization it it was like a civilization rpg oh wow Uh, that that's rough (laughs) i I think it's great and it's getting amazing ratings so not for brian so now for my actual like nerdy thing um i saw dr strange last night no, oh, I love that movie. That movie was that so was good. Yeah, you see I it, Stephen? With- yes, I did. I thought it was okay. fantastic. So I saw it on, again. IMAX 3D. Best way to see it. Uh, we saw it regular like IMAX. We didn't see it 3D because did we even see it IMAX? I don't think we saw it IMAX. I was uh, talking to a guy at the con who made me feel less nerdy because he went and saw it in 4D. Oh, he went to one of the um with the yeah. The one of the big chairs, the chair, and the sounds and the water. Yeah, and smells. Yeah, I actually want to go see a movie that way because it sounds amazing. It would be I cool. saw because I saw Doctor Strange regular too, and I thought it was amazing. Still, yeah, we either saw, we were either going to see that or Fantastic Beasts. Me and my wife went on a date, and I was like, let's let's see Doctor Strange. I hate I hate Marvel because they made me care about Doctor Strange. I never used to be a big fan of Doctor Strange. I thought he was neat, but then I saw this movie and I'm like, well, crap, I'm a fan now. How could you not care? That I never even knew about Doctor Strange, and I'm like, wow, this is a cool story. Yeah, like at first I was like, Doctor Strange, he's 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 okay. He's an all right guy. You know, this is the, he seems like a decent hero and stuff. And then I watched the movie and I was like, crap, I have to know everything Strange. <laughs> so you weren't you weren't familiar with Strange at all, and you still really enjoyed the movie. That's cool. Yeah, I. Again, like I don't really read a lot of comics and the so my exposure to the comic characters are have always been like the cartoons and the big movies. So like the characters that never were showed up in the cartoons and stuff, I don't even know they exist. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of heroes then you you will see later on in life. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like Guardians of the Galaxy? Didn't know they existed. Oh, yeah, they super exist. Yeah, uh, no shit, Sherlock. Of course they exist. God. That's they funny. No shit, exist. Sherlock. And, and Doctor Strange is played by the guy who plays Sherlock. Oh, it's a joke. <laughs> I watched an interview with um, Benedict Cumberbatch where he was talking about when his agent approached him about Doctor Strange and mm. the conversation went, um, we think you would be good for this movie, Doctor Strange. And Benedict said, Doctor Who? And the agent <laughs> said, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's nerdy? Well, I could talk about going to the convention. I went to um, Palm Springs um, Comic-Con. Sorry, I'm not, that, that is not my nerdy thing. I, I also saw Warcraft this week, and that is not my nerdy thing. 
I went to the Return of Tiki Culture panel at the convention, and that is not my nerdy thing. In fact, on the day of the convention on the way home, after spending an entire day at a convention, I, w- I went and saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and that is not my nerdy thing. My nerdy thing is I invented a life hack. Uh-oh. I figured out that you can use mounting putty as a cable organization tool. Oh, my gosh. What? So you take your cables like if you have like a dresser with like lamps and chargers and stuff like that on it. Yeah. You can take a little ball of mounting putty and wrap it around the cable and then mount the cable to the wall behind the dresser. So only the amount of cable you want to be showing shows. Why didn't didn't I think of that? Because you're not me. (laughs) Yeah. But it seems so obvious now. Yes, I and it came about because I took some I took some photos down that I wanted to put for market that were on my wall. I stripped the mounting putty off the wall. I was going to put it in a little container on my dresser. Someone called me on the phone, and while I was on the phone, I kind of lost track of what I was doing, and I was playing with the mounting putty, and I was, like, making insect legs with it. And (laughs) I started wrapping them around the cables, and then I realized that a ball of putty creates a seamless kind of ball around the cable, and was like, oh my gosh, I could stick this to the wall, and I can organize all my cables. Brian got to bed at 5 a.m. So yes, I didn't go with what I did or what I watched. I went with my with my gut, and I I created a life hack, and I I am resolute that that is my nerdy thing. He didn't get to bed till 5 a.m. after putting all his cables against the wall. <laughs> he was just Brian. laying there. He was just laying there with a big smile on his face. Look what I did. <laughs> it's so great. He's looking around at the lack of cables in his room. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is a, this is what it is. This is how it is. My girlfriend is going to be laughing her ass off because she was on the phone with me when I made the discovery. And I was like, I just discovered the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and I love him. <laughs> she's just like, that's my guy. Yeah. Uh. Voting? No. Uh, yeah, but you never come up with anything worthwhile, so. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I think, I, think that is, I think that is the coldest thing Brian has ever seen. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the podcast's not over, Michael. <laughs> I think that is the coldest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh, but I'm doing it anyway. My nerdy thing this week was I actually sat down and watched Star Trek Beyond with my father-in-law. That's not that's part. It's just that's the lead-in. As we're watching it, we both realized we're both really into Star Trek. And as we're, and we're looking at the ships and everything, we spent the entirety of the movie talking about ship schematics going all the way from the NX class up to the latent galaxy class of Star of Starfleet and Vessel. And I mean, I'm not talking about, well, it looked like this. I'm talking about backup generators on the engineering hull, <laughs> uh, the abilities to the, what you what is required to operate the disk uh, uh, when it's been jettisoned from the engineering hull. How well can the impulse engines operate without the warp nacelles, uh, the redundancy drives for backup warp on the disc sections and, and we we talked about the entire thing watching this movie talked about the legitimacy of, uh, of fictional ships i have a passion you a- you turned into justin long from galaxy quest is what you're saying <laughs> yeah actually yeah yeah actually really did. pretty bad it is pretty cool actually i like that it's like well, what if we did this and then we talked about the the deck count discrepancy in star trek uh, in star trek first contact <laughs> because they talk about how how the ship originally because it's the sovereign class and we talk about like it's officially listed as a 24 deck ship and then one person says deck 25 and then Worf says deck 26 so <laughs> 
and how that really drove us crazy. So you inadvertently, you inadvertently gave me a very, reminded me of very fond memories of my late brother talking about Star Trek. Oh, yeah. So I vote for you. Yay. It's really hard to get a Brian vote. Yeah, because I always vote for myself. He's harder than a swing (laughs) state. Um, Steven, who do you think think did the nerdiest thing this week? Uh, Well, I was leaning towards you and and the putty, but the Star Trek conversation, I think, takes the cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody votes for for um, for Anthony's terrible video game. Oh, no, he watched Doctor Strange. Uh, Just distracted by the terrible video game. It's not a terrible video game. You just have bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. I'm all about life hacks, Brian, so I am voting for you. So it's up to Anthony. <laughs> um, does he tie it up or does he take the dick vote and become his own his only vote? Yes, because only terrible people vote for themselves. <laughs> well, Brian. you know, if I vote for myself, you win, Michael. And if I vote for you, you win, Michael. So <laughs> I'll go ahead and vote for Michael, actually. Yeah. So Disney, everybody. Anthony, you know, what's some of your early Disney memories? Some of my early Disney memories? Um, my mom used to have what we called, and I'm sure a lot of the young youngins listening to the show don't know about, these things called VHSs. Oh, what are those? Yeah, they're like little plastic, plastic cartridges that you could watch movies on. And my mom had a lot of those uh, Disney VHSs, and I would watch a lot of those, you know, like The Lion King... Beauty and the Beast. That was a pretty early, you know, memory of mine. Something that's probably maybe a bit more significant is the fact that since I do live in Orange County, we lived really close to Disneyland. We could take the bus to Disneyland. So we would go to Disneyland fairly often as like a family thing. Like almost every year we'd always go for someone's birthday. So going to trips to Disneyland was pretty common in my childhood. I even remember a couple of times my my parents coming to to school and pulling us out of class to go to go to Disneyland when we should have been in school. Those are good parents. Uh, no, sure. <laughs> no, those are good parents. They're showing you what's really important. <laughs> Education, who needs that? You need to go see the mouse. <laughs> the mouse in the giant house. Castle? Yes. That or, that or they're just like, look, this is where he's going to probably end up working anyways. I do not work at Disney. <laughs> yeah, to their surprise. <laughs> what about you, Steven? What, what are some of your super early childhood Disney memories? Well, my Disney history goes back even a little bit further than VHS. Um, I I actually recall going to a local Fox theater, and this was before the multiplexes existed, and they would have afternoon showings of Disney classics uh, that were re-released. So my first memories of seeing the movies uh, would be actually at the Fox theater in downtown Bakersfield. And one of my top movies uh, when it comes to my Disney fandom would be 101 Dalmatians. And and I actually do recall sitting in the little seats, you know, in the velvet seats, because it's a classic uh, Fox theater and being there on a Saturday afternoon and watching 101 Dalmatians. And I re- have memory of seeing Dumbo that way as well. Being in Bakersfield, it's only a couple of hours drive down to Disneyland. So we would pretty much plan on a trip down once during the summer and once during the Christmas holidays. Uh, my mom was 
was a huge Disney fan. So I was really kind of born into Disney fandom. And my, you know, my first stuffed animal was a Winnie the Pooh bear because she also loved bears. And uh, so that was just one of my first uh, toys. But I recall, I have memories of going down at least twice a year. I remember when uh, the Electrical Main Street Parade first premiered and I remember I remember when Space Mountain opened in 1977 and thought it was Star Wars coming to life because Star Wars came out that May. And I think if I remember right, uh, Space Mountain opened that same summer, like June or July. So as a kid, I'm just thinking they were one in the same. So I, Disney, like I said, has been I, I was born into loving Disney. So uh, and my memories go back quite a bit. Space Mountain's the shit. Just want to point that out. It's very fun. Brian, what about you? What's some of your really early ones? You know, I have a little bit of like, I don't know which ones I saw in the re-release in the theater because I did a lot like what Steven did. They had, I don't know, Saturday morning showings of the classic movies, but I'm not really sure which ones I saw in the theater and which ones I got on D- on DVD, on VHS, because um, we used to go to the library and just go through the list of VHSs and borrow them. And I think my earliest memory was probably Pinocchio or, you know, Dumbo pops to mind. Um, I didn't like see Cinderella and some of those other ones till later. I think I saw Peter Pan on on Disney Channel or VHS. I'm not sure. The The one that I remember from the theater was A Great Mouse Detective. Oh, I think that was, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I think that was the first one I saw in the theater, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw The Jungle Book and Pinocchio in the theater. Now, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw The Jungle Book and, and Pinocchio in the theater. Um, I, was, I was born in 19 1979 and there was kind of a gap of classic um classic movies because it was like it was like the jungle book then the aristocats and then they kind of you know oh you know the rescuers that's my big childhood memory was the rescuers because that that was like one of my favorites oh that's one of the best ones yeah so it's so um unappreciated too i think oh yeah there's no appreciation for those movies and i loved the rest and the rescuers is one of the best examples of disney animators sneaking stuff in because there's a naked lady in the window a legit (laughs) naked woman i remember that (laughs) i don't remember hearing about this in the first rescuers when they're taking off from the rooftop then they they, then i think it's like one uh cell i think it is there is a there's a, a real naked woman clipped into a window and it went out on all the original release uh, VHS, and it was hilarious. So <laughs> know about this? I didn't hear about it until like, so, but yeah, it, it was supposedly crazy. a big. It was supposedly like a big thing when it was first found. And that was, and they didn't. It took them a long time to find it. So well, yeah, I mean, people freak out about the alleged penis on the mermaid castle. <laughs> I saw I that. It's there. I saw that. It's I. There's a lot of debate. I mean, come on, it's it's a freaking tower thing. Who knows if it, if they actually specifically put a penis there, or if it's just people being oh I saw a penis no you didn't you know it's there. the tower uh, whatever but you well, know isn't, isn't there one of those movies where the where uh, there's a priest and the priest has a boner is that in the little mermaid uh, yeah, 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 they think it's, they think the priest has a boner in the little mermaid. It, 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 he does. I mean, it's very obvious. It's so blatant. It's not. It couldn't accidentally be anything else. Crazy. It's the choir. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely did a lot of that stuff. 
But yeah, but uh, for me, early Disney memories growing up, my my mom and dad aren't like really Disney or anything like they would let us see them, but they didn't. They weren't really crazy about them. Mm. But me and my sister were. So some of my earliest Disney movie memories are uh, The Little Mermaid. Because my sister Summer, she was fascinated, like in love with the Little Mermaid. She that was her that was her Disney princess. She dressed up as her for Halloween when she was a little kid. She had this. This is the Mormon part. She loved Ariel. She thought, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. She's wonderful. Little Mermaid pinata. She beat the hell out of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> like beat the fuck out of this thing. And I was and it it was hilarious because she's like, I love her so much. Give me the fucking candy. I've noticed that about kids. They always get pinata of characters they like and then it's like you're being the shit out of that thing you're going yeah, to town on that thing well my little my daughter loves horses I didn't stop her from beating the shit out of that horse pinata yeah, exactly that's my point <laughs> so with that, that's like my earliest Disney movie memory we watched that a lot uh, we watched Beauty and the Beast uh, oh like a shit ton too but we we did I did the only I think the only Disney like classic you could say we I got to see in the theaters as a kid was actually like right at the end of what you'd say I would guess you would call the classic era was Lion King I think like the Lion King is considered the silver era the silver age do you think you think they would consider it the silver not the classic but that's that's really the only one that I really got to see in the movie theaters as a kid all the yep. other ones were VHS well, the Lion King like, came out in 1994 yeah yeah it was classic like would be like Snow White well classic would be would I think you could we could consider it any one of the original any one of the princesses because they consider Aladdin part of the classics and that was a 90s movie too 92 uh, I don't know if I agree with that my understanding is that they the Disney what I've heard it called is the Disney Renaissance and the Disney Renaissance really started with the Little Mermaid and that's when yeah they the movies were turning around and people were going to see them again it, it, the movies prior to that there was like the dark time like when the black cauldron came out that that was considered more of the dark time um i like really the <laughs> well, I liked my, that one. You did, well, but I, a lot of people didn't. <laughs> I know. I like a lot of movies. People are like, that was shit. I read the books. You did? Yeah. That That's not really related or anything. I just wanted to brag. Well, <laughs> actually, it is, it, it is related because Disney acquired the rest of the books so they can actually go back and do more Black Cauldron-esque movies if they choose to. But I, I think that they're probably going to look at possibly doing something more on the live action end uh, than yeah. doing an animation. Oh, the Black Cauldron is that whole series by Lloyd Alexander is just terrifying. If they made a live action movie, it would be scary. <laughs> I'd watch it though. I would totally watch it. Yeah, thanks for Renaissance. You know that that does explain. You know the resurgence of the Disney movie. The, it, it is a real Renaissance. I I agree with that. I didn't know it started back with with the Little Mermaid. I thought it would have been a little bit sooner though. I I would think that the classic Disney would be when Disney was still alive. Yeah. That yeah that that would actually make a little bit more sense. He, yeah. He was alive for most of his princesses. The original one. The the, the most for early princesses up until the I think. What was the last? What's the last one before Ariel that they did? I can remember. Was the last one he did Fantasia? No, um, Walt passed away in '67, so he was around during the era of 101 Dalmatians. They were actually he he did see a rough cut of the Jungle Book, but that did come out after he passed away. So he, so it might have been '66. Now that I think about it, that Walt passed away because Jungle Book came out in '67. Yeah, I would. 
I would really think that the Little Mermaid is when the Renaissance started, when because that that made Disney huge again. That was like was the deal, first modern. They princess. poured a they poured a lot of the studio into Little Mermaid. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, that that was a big deal when that movie came. And then so. what would the next era be when they went digital? When they went like three D? I don't even know what you would Peter call this era. <laughs> the digital era? Probably. <laughs> I know that, again, dealing with other Disney movies past, there, there was the Renaissance period, and then they have what they, what some will call kind of like the experimental film era. So that would kind of tie into Fantasia 2000, and even Lilo and Stitch kind of fits in that mold because it was away from the what had become kind of like a Disney formula from the Renaissance period. You know, if you look at the movies, you know, from Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, there, there's this kind of a formula and a style that's that's constant uh, up through you know Mulan and, and Tarzan. But then once Fantasia 2000 hit and they started to experiment with animation styles uh, with that movie, that kind of bled into some of the other avenues like with Lilo and Stitch and uh, you know in later movies uh, like Treasure Planet uh, that came out of that era. They started working with oh. bringing com- bringing the computer in. And for some of the animation, you know, when it came to in blending 2D animated characters, like the characters in Treasure Planet, but all the background, the ships, things of that nature were all digital. So that was kind of like the switchover period where they were going more towards the computer, to, mainly to save cost and money on the animation. They were able to do more um, and, and have the same kind of feel like the multi-plane camera feel that was originated with Snow White back in the 30s. They were able to kind of come back to that. And that's where things like The Great Mouse Detective was one of the very first movies that ever used computer graphics. Hmm. Okay. So what, um, but you, you mentioned Treasure Planet. That is one movie I had. I thought that I thought that was amazing, but this the experimental age was as you would call it, which was good because a lot of movies I really enjoy came from it, which are movies along the formula of Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> so, but, cute. I like. What would Lilo. you? But what would we call them? The the well, real quickly, what would we call the like the modern age now of like what we have with like Frozen and uh, Tangled and you know Mo, the, and the and Moana that's coming out soon. You know what, what would we call that? And what would we call this generation then? Because they pretty modern? much have that. Down. Yeah. Would that just be modern Disney or would that or uh, at this point in time, I would say it's the modern era. You know, it'll be dictated at a different point when we're looking historically back on these movies. You know, once they actually have been around, uh, you know, in in culture for a longer period of time. I think that's where, you know, I, I find that Frozen kind of gets a little bit of a backlash. Speaking of it, just because it was so popular and it just resonated so easily with uh with young girls but i find that young boys also seem to enjoy that movie too and i don't know it just from friends that have kids it seems like there's a hard line you either are a frozen house or you're not a fr- or, or you hate frozen and i don't understand that uh but i think maybe part of it is you know disney did kind of latch on to the success of the movie and has you know marketed it to death to some, you know to some degree so one of the things you got that's different now than when it started is originally it was just Disney Animation Studios and now there are many studios so you have Pixar and um, Disney Toon Studios which does the smaller DVD releases and direct-to-video releases right and you have all these other Disney properties or companies that Disney does release for 
but they don't own them like Studio Ghibli. Ah, yes. Okay, I have a question then. You guys can judge me all you want. I don't care. I like the Tinkerbell movies, the ones that the independent ones where she's in Pixie Hollow. Who handles that? Because I need to write a letter because they need to put a new one out. My kids seen them all eight times. That's like what the Pirate Fairy, right? Yeah, they've they've done they've done a large variety of them. Yeah, that's Disney Toons Studios. Yeah, Disney Toons does all the does all the Tinkerbell. They also did the two uh, Planes movies as well. Oh, they handled they handled Planes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Were those supposed to be direct video? and then they ended up being theatrical anyway? Originally, yes, it was supposed to be direct-to-video, but because it, they did such a great job on it, and John Lasseter, once Disney acquired Pixar, John Lasseter basically oversees anything that's animation that comes out of there. He is the head honcho for Pixar, he's the head guy for Disney Animation and for Disney Tunes. so anytime you see one of their movies, if you pay attention to the credits, it actually says executive produced John Lasseter, and he's been definitely a very hands-on guy so part of the i think part of the huge success when it comes to disney here as of late has to do with the fact that they put him in charge of anything animation but that's again kind of coming to the brilliance of disney and and the current uh iteration of the company they do have some of the top minds related to whichever avenue it is whether it's disney animation whether we're talking marvel and the marvel cinematic universe lucasfilm you know as we're talking about it all these arms you know bob Iger has been quite wise in letting the people that were already passionate about these entities let them stay in play and let them do their job yeah he's doing like an old marvel thing when stanley ran marvel and just like i have great artists and i'm not going to get in the way of letting them do their work and as long as they it's continue to do idea. good stuff, as long as they continue to do good stuff, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop them. I'm not gonna like, you know, uh, micromanage them. So real quick before we move on in Disney, um, I wanted to ask what some of our favorite classics were. Uh, Stephen, you you seem real knowledgeable. You probably got some good stories. What's your favorite classic? Well, my, I'd say my top three, the top two will interchange. Uh, my, I would say one or two. Again, like so, they're interchangeable. Would be 101 Dalmatians, followed by the Jungle Book, and that was both. Both of those were created by the studio in an era where things were changing. There was a flux that was going on, so they both come from that same DNA um, when it comes to styling and telling stories. I also have a love for Peter Pan as well, uh, just because my probably my favorite villain of all time is Captain Hook. I just love his styling and and the character of him but you know sort of being a man child of <laughs> myself i do kind of relate to peter pan and you know not wanting to grow up and keeping a little bit of the child like nature inside me you know and and i just kind of resonate and think of myself as a pan so i i do have strong feelings towards that movie as well oh don't we all i mean i'm 27 i'm still playing pokemon <laughs> well well i i'm the old man on the call i'm 46 and i still have all this stuff so we're we've got like decades between us great because they're 27 <laughs> i'm 37 and you're 46 yeah that, I, I, it ma- makes for the conversation <laughs> definitely <laughs> but, but this is being ages well and, and on top of that i mean the things that everybody seems to be into have been around for a long time you know we're talking about Disney right now. It just shows how the the longevity of Disney and how multi generational it is. And I'd say the same thing is 
about the Marvel universe, and and I, you know, and I know we'll probably be approaching Star Wars as well since we're talking about the the staple that Disney has built itself the course of the last several years well there's just certain stories that just transcend time itself they're just classic stories that are always going to be entertaining and are going to appeal to every culture and so speaking of classic stories that seem to appeal to every culture and transcend time i'm going to talk about hamlet and that's going to connect to my favorite disney classic of the lion king Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I watched Lion King as a kid. I loved Lion King. The the sequel to The Lion King is Macbeth. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I it is. That. I was like, that is so cool. Even it though, is, yeah. even though there was accusations and they did have to pay out a settlement to a certain Japanese company that they stole the that they that they stole it from from a Japanese uh, story. There was a Jap- yeah. there was a Japanese show called Kimba, and they they're like, "You stole that from us." Well, yeah, I, it Disney looks a lot paid, like the Lion King. Disney paid them in a settlement, so uh, yeah. I don't know. If it's so much an accusation as it's like, well, maybe it's true. <laughs> yeah, this happened, <laughs> but I still liked it. I mean, that doesn't make it any less awesome. No, it's true. They did a good job. So, but the Lion King, I actually really liked it. That one was a really good one. Um, not, it, it's not out there with my favorite style. Uh, going with just the classics, I gotta say, in just the classics, uh, it's gonna be, and I just totally spaced on it. <laughs> I hate doing that. Well, I'll just uh, I'll just go with with some of my favorites. So there, like I do, like Stephen, I really love Peter Pan. I've always loved it. You know, the tale of uh, the tale of the boy Never Neverland who could fly, fighting pirates. Just the, that it was a really good one for me. I actually only really liked Aristocats too. That was for me. That was fun. So, but those are just a couple of my favorites. I really I did like Cinderella. Actually, Cinderella was was really fun. But I I found my actually favorite one actually in Tangled. But there's a big reason for that. That's that's actually also the first movie me and my wife ever went to go see when we started dating. Oh. So there's a bit of a tie in there, but also I, I really enjoyed this because it was when Disney was starting to show that the princesses didn't always need the prince. Like they could handle themselves in most cases. I mean, she still needed Flynn in some way. So I think Tangled is a great choice. It took me a long time to see that. And I was so grateful when I did. It was such a good movie. It's a good. It, one. Yeah, it's a great. It movie. was very good. And the music was was very good. I, I hadn't been caring too much for the music, you know, in the in the last in a couple movies before Tangled came out, but that one really brought me back. I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it. But Brian, Brian, what about you? What are some of your favorite classics? Um, All I have to say about my favorite is um, Pigidus Fidgetus Migidus Mum Prestidigitorium. <laughs> why did I not think of that movie? The Sword in the Stone. Yes, why did I not? I totally blanked on that. That one was so fun. Oh, it was great. Uh, the way they did Merlin in that one was good. Malika Mez, Meripetes, Hockety Pockety Wackety Whack, Odds and Ends <laughs> and Bric a Brac. How many times have you seen that movie? Enough to memorize the spells, apparently. It's yeah. my favorite song in any Disney um, the songs in that movie are just fantastic. I, you know, now it, it, it my opinion shifts because I really like the Jungle Book, and that Trust in Me song is the best song like ever. So that's that a really good. good one too. That I, is a I, good song. I, I tend to go straight for the music with um with Disney movies, and the ones that don't have songs, I tend to I tend to they tend not to be my favorites. Um, <coughs> another really good favorite of mine is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. So I, I guess I just like catchy gibberish. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo is a good song. Well, 
Well, okay, well, that, okay, okay. Here, here's a question. What are what's one of your favorite Disney songs? Like one you catch yourself singing a lot. Hidgetus, fidgetus, midgetus, mum. It is that one. You know. <laughs> well, no, no. It could, be, it could be a different song. Anthony, what about you? Do like what's one of your favorite Disney songs that you can think of? I mean, ones that I catch myself singing, or like, just well, no, not singing. Like just in general, that you really like. Like you can listen to a lot. Oh well, I don't know. That's hard. Listen to it a lot. Just say hey, it. I do. Can't I wait to be king. I do like "Can't Wait to Be King," but I mean, there's also "Let It Go." Not gonna oh. lie, I do like it. I do actually like it. And it's a good I know, song. A very. I good know song. it's a giant joke to like it and sing it, but I do like it. No, no I don't. See which song. version do you like, though? Do you prefer the Demi Novato version or the Adina uh, Menzel? Uh, yeah, because they are definitely two different. They're two different the styles. Yeah. They're both very good. Though. Yes, probably the original from the movie. I don't. I don't know which of the ladies sang that. I'm that's so, Adina Menzel. That, that's like, yeah, that's Adina. So bad with names and actors and actresses. Just say Elsa. It was Elsa. <laughs> Elsa's version. Yes, I did. I did see a metal version on YouTube and that was pretty awesome. I will be looking that up. <laughs> Let it go metal. I will look that up. Uh, Let it go. <laughs> well, I thought it was a, I thought it was a deal to Zim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when did John Travolta come on the podcast? <laughs> oh, you it's mean so Glom, you mean Glom Gazingo? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but what's, the well, one, like, what's, what's one of the ones you really like? Like you could listen to a lot well when it comes to move if we're talking the movies yeah um i would have to probably go with something like trust in me from jungle book um of course when you wish upon a star uh you know jiminy cricket how can you not just tear up just oh yeah hearing that one yeah. that is an um, all-time classic song so but uh and I, dumbo um the song from dumbo and now i just all of a sudden blanked uh <laughs> <laughs> baby mine I, I do like that one but that oh. one I, that one kind of makes me think of my mom and and you know when I have a have one of those moments where I'm thinking about her because you know unfortunately I lost her a handful of years ago but anytime I hear that song I just it just makes me think of my mom and I think it should make anybody think of their mother uh, oh, it because, does. <laughs> because of the scene that it's from but yeah it, those would be some of my favorites when that, we're talking that, movie. that song breaks I, my and my mom is still alive <laughs> I have <laughs> I have a story about When You Wish Upon a Star. Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with the movie, and it has nothing to do with the song. The song is a pretty song, but I can't stand that song, and I can't listen to it. Really? Uh, my dad was in a barbershop group when I was a kid. Oh, no. And I heard that song at least 60,000 times. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, Brian. Oh, my God. I have heard that song so many times. I mean, that one in Wild Irish Rose. I, I mean, if I hear them, I'm like, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> I know. I'm playing on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, where are you going? Home. <laughs> it's a 20 mile walk. I don't care. I had a question about uh, for you, Stephen, because you're real knowledgeable about Disney. Was um, Nightmare Before Christmas originally Disney or did they attain it later? That's one of those oddities. It is technically a Disney film. Um, it was produced by Disney um, and was distributed by Disney, but they don't actually consider it under the Disney animation uh, when when you're talking like the yeah, Disney animation feature film list if you ever see a list that will not be on it it, it was an offshoot um but that offshoot also you know cr ended up creating like animation down you know years down the road so that gives us a good opportunity to talk about other disney property 
So, um, you know, I, I, I immediately jumped to Nightmare Before Christmas. I love the movie. I love it when they do the Haunted Mansion that way. Does anybody else have any favorite Disney properties? I'm not going to do Round Robin with this one because I'm sure it's going to be hard to think of. Anyone have any come to mind? Chris probably mine, too. <laughs> I love it. It's like me and my wife's favorite movie. Yeah, it's one of mine, too. <clears throat> it's it's one of mine, too. I think we're going to I think we're going to go with that. But I got to say, though, you know, not really putting it on their feature list, but also exploiting them for night, the Nightmare Before Christmas in the mansion and everything. That's like, yeah, he's a stepkid. Nobody really cares about him until he's got like a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Jack's telling you, get back in the corner. We're going to beat you again. Oh, wait, it's Christmas. Come on out. It's okay. All right. <laughs> but the moment July 1st hits, you're back in that damn closet. Don't, don't tell anybody you're related. I, I like it like that, though. I mean, in, instead of him being this like, just like Disney character that's just all over the place, it makes him special. It makes him, It kind of makes it to where he's not being like, overdone you know you can only see like cinderella so many times when you go to disneyland before you're like i get it i get it you're, you're a, a princess, princess. <laughs> but jack and sally you only see like every so often so it's like oh cool well okay so it, it's a special time oh i i thought of one i thought of one that it is a disney property um but it's not thought of very often is big hero six Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That is a that's actually a big one too. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that that's a big that one's actually kind of a big deal because that it, was like their first dabble in like into trying to break open the books for Marvel outside of the main heroes. Yeah, that was Walt Disney Animation Studios. That wasn't even Marvel Studio. Yeah, they they did it. It was good. I real oh I loved it. It was super good. Have you seen that one, Steven? Yes, I, I love that one. Uh though my understanding part of the reason why they don't tie it in so much to Marvel is that it actually did steer a little bit away from the original storyline of the comic book. They just kind of loosely based the movie and took the name, but oh, didn't yeah. really take take the premise of the book itself. Not, yeah, not like Disney's ever done that before. Well, you know? I'm I mean, kind of <laughs> glad they did because Big Hero 6 is sort of the alpha flight of Japan. Right. So yeah. they created a whole new... I, I, I loved the idea of um, San Fran Tokyo. I yeah, thought that, that was really cool. Yeah, that was a good... That was, that was really neat. I liked that. Uh, everything that they put in it, I thought was just good. I know it, it deviates from the comic actually a lot. Just the, the way the way they had it set up is good. The animation was surprisingly really well done up. Yeah, you know what's funny about Big Hero 6? It, like, yeah, it might be a Disney title, but it totally reminds me, me personally, I don't know about you guys, but it reminds me of Pixar movies. Of, of, of all the Pixar stuff? Well, they, they have more forte into the Pixar stuff, you know, now, like, in that style of animation, now that not only that they've acquired Pixar and they were able to get into all that, so, all that, but... I, I, I it was just good. <laughs> that's all I can say. It was good. <laughs> that's all I can say. It was, it was a good. Yeah, that's a, we can leave it at that. It was a good movie. <laughs> so we've been dabbling around, you know, Disney this whole time and everything and the movies and everything. But I think we should get down to a little bit of a brass tacks here, guys. Disneyland. Do you guys actually like going to Disneyland or, or world or or world or or, or Japan or Bureau or, Japan or, or Shanghai or Paris? Are, do you I've guys only been to Disneyland? <laughs> I've, I've only been to Disneyland and I'm I'm content. I don't have to go to Disney World. I love Disneyland. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to head spearhead this. I love Disney. It's a very for me. It's been it, it, it highlights happy times in my life because first time I got to go with my grandparents as like a four year old kid. I got uh, they still they were it was the last year they had the sky car, uh, the the sky cable cars. And oh, I remember yeah. going over Disneyland in those and it was amazingly beautiful. I loved it. 
the shows, getting a, somebody who's in their 70s to actually stay at, to, till midnight at Disneyland so you could see the fireworks, that was awesome. When was the last time you went? Me? Oh, I, last time I went was two years ago. I went there two years ago, uh, right as mine and my wife's pad, deluxe passes were about to go out. And they had just finished the original renovations on California Adventure. And we were able to walk down main sh- the, the main drag again. I don't know what they call that street there. And they had the tink- they actually had the Tinkerbell actress flying uh, from the Matterhorn to the castle again. And the magic there was just great. Plus getting to ride the, you know, like they had just opened Star Tours too. And we we're going on all the, we we're like going, I was going on as many times as I could to get all the different destinations. My wife can only handle it like once or twice because she had has uh, an inner ear issue so like mm. the jostling around cabin actually can make her sick if she rides it too many times my Ooh, that i my last time i went was right after california adventure opened at all yeah i haven't been in years Holy Whoa. <laughs> road trip yeah <laughs> totally you're well, we're, we're putting i really trunk, man. i really like disneyland i had an interesting childhood experience that disneyland's awesome but I went to something that trumped it for me first. Um, my first experience with a theme theme park was um, Sesame Place. Mm, never heard and of I bet you, you guys never even heard of it. Yeah. No. Isn't that in, on the East Coast, like Pennsylvania or somewhere? Yeah, it's in Pennsylvania, I think. I think that's what I remember. But I've been there several, several times. We used to go like every summer when I was a kid. It's an Anheuser-Busch park, like Busch Garden or mm. um, oh, like Busch wow. Gardens or um, SeaWorld. Okay. And I, it, it was, so is it Sesame it, Street? it's super, super, <laughs> it's Sesame Street. Yeah. They even have Sesame Street. You can walk Sesame Street. That's gorgeous. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, not to derail it from Disney too much, but I, if we're talking about Disneyland. I had to share that because well, it's a themed park. That was where my big childhood memories were, were Sesame Place. Cause Sesame Place is a little different than Disneyland because it's very kid focused. Kids actually, kid tickets cost more than adult tickets there. Really? Uh-huh. It's it's a theme slash water park. So oh, um, it's not like water park is separate. I mean, you go and you do everything, but there, there's, and the water park is very, um, lots of like, lots of like interactive, almost like super playground type stuff. Um, and they have a, um, they have a seven story tall cargo net lattice that you can go seven stories up and climb on the cargo net. Seven stories? Yes. And on my bucket list is to go back there and climb on that stupid cargo net. Because when I was a kid, I was petrified of it and I couldn't, I would freeze. I would completely freeze and when I whenever I went out on that cargo net and I mean you guys know me I climb to the top of mountains now but when <laughs> I was a kid scared? and I think the last time I went there I was 11 and I still couldn't do it I I was I I couldn't move on that stupid cargo net and it frustrates the hell out of me because I've hung off of cliffs with a thousand feet below me and I'm not and scared of that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. The sad thing is I'm going to go back there and I'm going to be terrified of the stupid cargo net. <laughs> Probably still. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get so there. I, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Help. Help. <laughs> as far as Disney, when I first moved to California from New York, um, it was a big deal. I mean, and loved every single bit of it. I love every part of the park. I love the electric parade. Um, yeah. Well. The um, I, I loved. Um, oh, what's that? that show that they do with the projections oh um oh uh, the the water show it did at california adventure the the show where it's like projections on water and it's very fantasia focused that's world of color if you're yeah. talking california adventure yeah that's world of color well, california yeah. oh 
Well, I I don't remember. I, I no, just, that's fine. I, yeah, they um that is a very good show. Well, I remember they had the big. Oh, they, you're they thinking the fan, big, you're thinking Phantasmic. That's yeah, the Phantasmic. They don't do that. Oh, any- no, they do. They do. Yeah, current currently it's uh, shut down because they have to use um, Rivers of America for that mm. for that nighttime spectacular, and parts of that's actually blocked off and filled in right now because of Star Wars Land. Yeah, Star Wars Land is going to be right behind that, so the, there's all this construction and they basically had to not do the show for now. So but talking, about, talking about Star Wars land, that's when I'm going to go back to Disneyland because that looks amazing. They still we have should, no, we should I, all do a trip like a like oh a road yeah. trip to, but, to that. But last Absolutely. I heard they still don't have a uh, an open date for it. Holy crap. That's not surprising. There it's going to take them years to to build it's it. A, I mean, they they've been working on Pandora out in Animal Kingdom for the last 5 or 6 years and I think they finally have given it a hard date of opening next summer so oh, wow. that, that's not surprising that? yeah um, yeah over the weekend they had what they called destination d um there's a, a community called d23 it's the official disney fan club and yeah, they yeah. had they have these events you know every other year it's the d23 expo which is held in anaheim but then they have destination d the the following year and that is typically in florida though they have had one out here in california but right uh, this past weekend, they actually had Destination D, and they did make an official announcement that Pandora was uh, finally going to open up this coming summer. I hope I don't have to wait five years for the Star Wars land. I'm going to lose my shit. I will well, snap. I, I figure they're going to time it to one of the movies opening. So yeah. something tells me it's probably going to be episode not. Well, I don't know if, if you... The second one? Yeah, that's a little close. Yeah, that's only a year away. So I, I don't see them getting it done that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, most likely nine. Heck, maybe even the Han Solo movie. Speaking of Star Wars, you know, yeah, Star Wars. What do you? What, what was your reaction whenever they bought Star Wars or the Lucas or majority of Lucasfilm? I, personally, I, I would. I was excited by the announcement. You know, George. Like I know him personally, George, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Lucas, if you please. Uh, but I, you know, George Lucas. If if you follow the history of George Lucas, he was there the day that Disneyland opened. So segue from our Disneyland. Oh yeah, he, he was. He was there the day that it opened. Yeah, he, he was one of the. He was one of the first tickets. Yes. Yeah, so he has always had a love affair with Disney. He partnered with Disney, you know, back in the '80s and created Captain EO, followed by Star Tours, followed by Indiana Jones. Uh, That's very ride. true. So he, there was always a kinship, and and on multiple occasions uh, in interviews, he had always had a, a love of what Walt Disney did, and I think Walt Disney was really one of his idols, you know as he was growing up and wanting to get into the movie business. You know, he he loved the entertaining aspect of that. So when he decided to, to sell to Disney, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, unfortunately, it sounds like he's been a little bit soured on it since then. But, you know... Yeah, I think in the last year and a half, I think it was, he's come out and uh, I think he's re- like stated to like towards regret of, of giving up the majority of the property. Yeah, which is sad to hear. But I, you know, I can understand, too. I mean, you're, you're handing over something you've created. You know, when Jim Henson um, was bought by Disney, I, I don't believe Jim Henson was still alive. It was being ran by his family at that point. I think it was his wife and son who are running the, the creature shop. Whenever Disney bought out the Muppet, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it would have to be hard on any, you know, on any creator to basically hand over your baby to somebody else to take it yeah. from here. You know, it, it's, it's that separation, uh, anxiety that I would think somebody would have, you know, watching your kids go off to college and oh, yeah. letting, letting them become the adults that they become. So, well, yeah. Well, I just gotta say, you know, my big, my biggest hero growing up was not Han Solo, but it was Indiana Jones. So technically it could be Han Solo. <laughs> but it's, no, it's when I, uh, like for me though, like he was one of my very big heroes, and his rights were also acquired like fully to Disney whenever with along with Star Wars. So I'm actually really excited because I, I haven't heard anything yet, but there's I've heard rumors uh, on the on a very low level that they're talking about revamps for the Indiana Jones ride. They've announced they are going to do a fifth Indiana Jones, and it's supposed to be the big you know salvation from what happened in four. Yeah, so for me, that. that's all for me. That's all a big deal because, you know, I Brian and Anthony could attest to this. I wear a fedora to work every day. He does. Fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know that. You, you've seen me in it a lot. Yeah, but he doesn't that. work. That's true. He doesn't see me at work. And yes, I got the, I got the fedora at Disneyland, but I got it on my honeymoon. So it's a very special hat. It's a special hat. My wife came to me. And she said, we're each getting one thing we've always wanted at Disneyland, but we couldn't do it before. And she goes, so what do you want? I was like, you go first. You wanted this, a certain jacket. Got her the jacket. Goes, what about you? There's a hat I've wanted since I was a little kid, but I've never been able to get it because I thought it was like a $300 hat because it was Disney. And then I go there and I get the hat on. I'm like, how do I look? It looks great. It looks wonderful on you. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah. And I look like, how much is this? $57. I'll take eight. I'll take eight. <laughs> so I got my hat and it's a really special hat and I've, I I wear it oh, pretty much every day. <laughs> it's a good hat, actually. Very good hat. So it, it's nothing cheap. It's actually nothing cheap. It's, it's a very good, sturdy hat. But that's 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 my love affair with the with the Wait, Was it a good hat? Yo, yeah, it's amazing. It's a great hat. It's a good hat. It's, it's a good hat, Michael. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I'm in love with it. Stephen, what do you think about Michael's hat? Do you think it's a good hat? Well, I, I just want to know if he takes the bolo whip with him as well when he goes to the office. He uses it to cut the meat. Yeah. Say, <laughs> so yeah, I, I step six feet back and I just whoosh, and like you just see ribeyes fall in half. It's beautiful. <laughs> Unruly customers. There's that. There's that Webley revolver. <laughs> I don't murder people at my shop. Of course. So, Anthony, I have to ask you. It's very important. Where the hell are you? Brian, what's going on? Booking agent, explain this. Because I hear... You I've have been to ask weird Anthony. Choices. Wait, Brian. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Well, no, I don't trust you, Anthony. You can lie. Well, Anthony is in very exciting place this week. We're sending him out scouting, trying to find a new guest for the podcast. And um, we, we put our heads together. Uh, the planning committee for Nerd Podcast Radio put our heads heads together. Ed. And oh no, no, there is there is more behind the scenes than you realize. Um I've I've been using the portal to I've been using the portal to contact my alternate selves and we have been we have been <laughs> brainstorming. That's dangerous, man. But, but we didn't have to fire up the portal this time because we could send Anthony to someplace real. Um we sent <laughs> him out we sent him out on an ocean liner into the ocean to a very special place known as Skull Island. Ah, crap. (laughs) Um, Because we are hoping to get the entertainment spectacular King Kong to be on the podcast. How's that been going for you, Anthony? Um, (laughs) He's trying to be very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Have you met the king yet? Well, there's a phone ringing now. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, we're, we're this is not good. Um, well, we we've heard noises. <laughs> we've heard noises. Is, is it is is the rumors true that there is no King Kong? Is is he not actually there? Or is it just a hoax? He's just kind of like so. We thought we saw him, and we're like, is that 
the great and glorious King Kong. And it just turned out it was like like some shadow play. And it's just kind of like it's a regular gorilla. Is he not as he's not as big as the movies portray him? They, no, they, just, they embellish. They embellish a lot. I mean, he's big. He's a, he's a gorilla. Gorillas are big. But he's not like climbing, helicopters like, one like swipe big. climbing the top of mountains, swiping planes big. Have you had any trouble with the dinosaurs on the island? Not really. I mean, they're just birds. <laughs> Who do you think is behind this hoax? Um, John C. I Riley. Think, I think that it is Disney. Disney. Disney? Are they trying yep. to open a park on Skull Island? Is that what's going on? They just want to make a lot of money off of these strange ideas of the movie industry because as you can tell disney is slowly buying every movie property and so they're going to sooner or later buy the movie rights to king kong and so they had to perpetuate these myths before they had the plans to buy king kong yeah like we all know because john c Riley is just an animatronic creation of disney (laughs) jack black and adrian brody too oh and and um um, jackson peter jackson (laughs) if you told me that jack black was an animatronic from disneyland i would not be surprised <laughs> like he's one that's like there's a short circuiting wire that's why he does that's why he just randomly screams yeah I'm like yeah <laughs> shakes that, a lot that seems like a disneyland cartoon character for steven, sure steven steven do you have any questions about skull island where, where anthony is this week uh no <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's kind of like what the hell they put him on an island shaped like a skull what these people are psychotic to find a giant gorilla <laughs> you guys well, said this was a legit show <laughs> well, no, hey, I, I was like waiting for the sam jackson references i mean <laughs> they, they got him on a on a Doctor headed to Skull Island now in the neck in the new movie. So yeah, Anthony, do you just randomly there's a new movie coming out? Yes, yeah, there is. yeah. <laughs> I you about that? that? Well, that's, I that's coincidental. Why, I thought that's why he was on Skull Island. <laughs> yeah, that was, but Anthony, that does lead me to a question. Do you, when you're sitting there quietly in the jungle, do you just hear a random motherfucker every once in a while? <laughs> oh, it's not once in a while. It's all the time. <laughs> it says it all the time. It's his favorite. It's it's his sketch first. Don't worry, he was Mace Windu, so hook up with him. He'll keep. I you thought alive. you're just making random John C. Riley. Reference. No. <laughs> He's in the new cheese. He's in the, in the new movie. <laughs> He's usually pretty quiet until you know you drop bombs on his island. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, in the new movie, there's no dinosaurs, there's just skull crawlers. Yep. Oh, I, I gave it away. I actually know about it. Exactly. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. On that note, let's get the show over with. Yeah. On that note, it we're gonna call it a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but Stephen, though, what are you, you got any plans for this week? Anything special coming up? Well, Moana's coming out. Since we're still on the the Disney topic, I'm planning on catching that on Thanksgiving morning. And uh, I, I I have a tradition with another family member where we go down to Los Angeles and we see the movie at the El Capitan Theater, uh, which is also Disney owned. And then afterwards, we go to the LA Auto Show and check out the new cars, and then we go to a restaurant at city walk at universal studios for dinner so uh, that's that's the big weekend plan that sounds like a really amazing time yeah disney cars and food that's that's three things that i love right there I love me some cars. Can't get enough Disney. 
And food is always a yet. Yeah. <laughs> so everything Michael loves. Come out next year. That mm. old man. Oh, I am excited. Yeah, they released a teaser trailer of that this morning. Oh, so. I will be finding that then. Uh, any? Do we have any more news on Incredible Two? That's the one I've been waiting on. Two thousand June fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. Oh my god! Oh wow! I can't wait for that. Yeah, I am. I am excited for that because I love Incredibles. When that, I every year I'm like, this is the year, man. This year they say they're going to do another one. It's going to be the year, and I get you know shot in the face with a no. And Toy Story Four is June twenty first, two thousand nineteen. Doing that about that? Yeah. Yes. I'm not mad. Don't trust me. I'm not mad. I, I love me some Woody and Buzz. Sounds really horrible. <laughs> 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 but I'm in for this movie. <laughs> Jeez. Damn. Okay, so you have a really fun weekend packed up for you right there, Steven. That's awesome. Anthony, what about you? Uh God, I don't think I have a whole lot of plans because it's gonna be Thanksgiving week and it's what do you got s- plan what do you got planned for Thanksgiving other than work? <laughs> work. I, I just had my last day off, which was last night, so it's gonna be work for the rest you. of the week. You guys wanna hear I, Anthony get really mad at me right now? I have two yes. days off this week. <laughs> I work over 50 and hours. He's been working for the company longer than you. <laughs> I've over. Well, well I, I'm, I'm just adding a little uh, salt to his wound. I have a boss that lets me have two days off. And one of those is Thanksgiving. I'm the only person working at night in my department at all. Which sucks. <laughs> so I just. Well, in my department, I've actually moved to a shop where I have more closers than just myself and one other guy. So I can actually be uh, flexible with my stuff. But my parents are coming. You know, I get to see my parents. They're coming down from Montana. Oh, so that'll be cool. I love Michael, what do you got going on for Thanksgiving? I am going to brave my mother's house. Dun, dun, dun. We actually decided to actually go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, have turkey there, and, you know, relax. Uh, according to my sister, she went to Spencer's and got me a birthday present because I haven't seen her. Uh, I didn't have a chance to see her, so I'm really worried what she got me. But do you think uh, it would be okay if I drop by after dinner? Oh yeah, <laughs> you can go Black Friday shopping with me and my wife because she decided we're gonna go do the doorbusters. Oh no, no, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, help me. Don't I, I want to go, but I'm really scared. Don't it's go. not scary. It's just boring. Don't no, it's it, no stupid. No, because we're going to Hemet to do this. It's, it's not scary. It's boring. It's dumb. Okay, you, okay. You tell me it's not scary when you watch an old lady elbow somebody in the face for a freaking remote control truck and a tin of baseball cards. That literally happened. Wow. <laughs> I, I was in line no i'm telling the story i'm in line waiting to get this back when the ds light first came out i'm sitting there waiting in line to get it not knowing it's my own present that's another story and i look over and there's and it's back when walmart was open but they wouldn't let you touch the sale items till a certain time so there's this like 80 year old woman just staying there hovering over this 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 stand that has baseball cards and remote control trucks and there's like young people all around her and then they go you know come on this thing and like oh black friday sales are now are, are now available and this old they, they they all start leaning in and this old lady literally just takes her elbows and just cracks two people in the face on either side of her grabs one thing of remote control trucks and a tin of baseball cards throws them in her cart grabs one more thing of baseball cards throws in her cart and like almost runs off i'm not kidding jesus dude. yeah it was scary but no so for me it's just mainly you know go to family for thanksgiving uh brave some black friday maybe relax a little bit because i still will be pricing turkeys up until the day of the holiday 
So, but Brian, what about you? What do you got planned up? Well, um, we have a super vegan Thanksgiving planned. I'm, I'm going to be at my mom's, um, and it's going to be epic as usual. Um, Is it be a lettuce turkey, roasted Brussels sprouts, mashed turnips, and garlic mashed potatoes. And um, if I'm every really single good. side that you really, really like, that's what we have. We don't have an entree. There's no turkey in the middle of the table. It's just every epic side. You had um, one year we had twice baked potatoes. I think this is the second year we've gone pure vegan because I've only been vegan since September 26 of 2015. So there also our big holiday tradition is um, latkes, which are Jewish potato pancakes. And they are the most amazing thing on the planet. Everything fried in lots of oil is really good. You could fry pencils and I'd eat them. (laughs) Um, And um, thanks to Stephen, I'm going to be going seeing Moana because I didn't realize that was coming out. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm very excited for it because I love of Moana, uh, the trailers for it anyway, because I want to see it, but I'm not going to be able to see it this week. I'm going to see it next week. That sounds so. like it's going to be good. Hey, Stephen, um, we've been talking over you a lot. Is there anything you would like to promote or plug? <laughs> well, you know, with the end of the year, thankfully, it's sort of winding down when it comes to trying to get out and promoting my artwork, but I am looking towards new uh, avenues for 2017. Uh, I do have a piece in an art show that's going to be at Tonga Hut in Hollywood on November 11th. So that's pretty exciting. But that's really the last thing on on my plate for this year. Um, Of course, if people want to discover more about what I do in my artwork, of course, check me out. Um, I do have a couple of websites. Uh, We did mention Little Monsters. um, That has has its own site uh, that takes people to my Public website where they can buy the, the characters on t-shirt designs uh, and that's lilmonsters.com it's spelled l-i-l-m-o-n-s-t-r-r-r-s.com um, you can also check me out on social media i have facebook.com forward slash lilmonsters as well as uh, facebook.com forward slash creative detour and that's spelled the word creative the letter d the number two the letter r and i try to be very active when it comes to new products and projects on, on both um, on the Facebook end, but I'm also on Twitter at creative underscore detour and Instagram at creative detour. Sounds awesome. That's creative it. underscore D2R. Yes, uh, for Instagram. I'm sorry, for uh, for Twitter and Instagram, it's just creative D, the number two R for Instagram. Now, you've Check done stuff some, out, guys. You've done some Thanks. fantastic like fan art and um, projects over the years um, that you, uh, you had on a portfolio page. What was the what was the URL for that? Because I know our listeners would love to check that out. My primary website is creativedetour.com. So again, just like everything else, it's the word creative, the letter D, the number two, the letter R, dot com. Well, I'm never going to be able to forget that. So I don't think our listeners will be able to either. <laughs> they've heard it five times. <laughs> it's all about branding. Keep the brand alive. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely checking out your stuff because uh, I've seen you know glimpses of it already through Brian introducing us to you. So I'm excited for all that stuff. Uh, Does anybody have anything they want to shout out before we close? Maybe some contact info, Anthony, Brian. Get me at the Twitters. Find us over at uh, Nerdcast Radio. It's just at Nerdcast Radio. It's not at uh, Nerdcast Radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's not a URL either. <laughs> you, you can reach me by email at brian.nerdpodcastradio.com. That's the best place to reach me if you want to be on the show 
or suggest a guest. Um, you can also discuss anything you like with us on the Facebook page, which is Nerd Podcast Radio. You can just search for it in Facebook or go to facebook.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Um, you can suggest topics to us or give us a review. And we also appreciate it if you review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Those reviews are great for getting new listeners. So please review us on those things. Um, if you're on a phone and it's hard for you to review on iTunes and Stitcher because they make it almost impossible to do that, you can review us on the Facebook page, which I'm sure is helpful to us too. Um, so if you want to share you, if you want to give your support, that would be how you do it. And um, Michael, how do people reach you? You can get me at mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com. I check that about every day to every other day. So, And Stephen, if people want to get a hold of you, is Twitter the best place to do that? Uh, I would say probably through Facebook, instant messaging. Um, if you go to my website, you can also uh, get my email address, which is Stephen, and I spell mine with a P-H. So that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N at creativedetour.com. All right, so that's awesome, guys. I had a great time talking about Disney because that's actually one of my secret loves. And Stephen, you know, your entire knowledge of the Disney, we're going to call it the Disneyverse from now on. Your extensive knowledge <laughs> of the Disneyverse is amazing. I found, I learned things I didn't know, uh, reaffirmed things that I was curious about. Uh, Brian, Anthony, I'm sure you guys had a pretty good time as well. Yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, except for what Anthony fun. talked about his terrible video game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, really, it really does sound like whatever. whatever. I'm sorry that Brian can't handle reading, you know, like an adult. <laughs> it's 2016. Where's my voice actors? <laughs> the next topic for the podcast is Anthony and Brian's war on what <laughs> games are good and what games aren't. And I will just be there to listen and laugh. So again, uh, good episode, Stephen. Good debate. Oh, yeah, it was. Thank you so much for being here, Stephen. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks for having yeah, me. Man. Awesome. You were awesome. Thanks. Yeah. It's been totally a blast. Yeah, it'd be great to have you back because you know so much stuff about stuff we don't know. <laughs> Which I always like to listen. Well, I I'm glad I didn't bore you. Not at all. You were great. We're, we're going to have you on for another episode, and it's just going to be you telling us things and us going, oh, really? Ooh. And, and non-sarcastically. <laughs> you had told me a Jungle Book story off the show that we didn't have time for. So if we hear, if we hear you, if we have you back, we'll definitely want to hear that we're starting the episode with that sounds great <laughs> so all right thanks again everybody this has been nerd podcast radio i'm your host special mikey along with my co-host hindu anthony goodbye everybody i choked on one <laughs> and super vegan brian tyranny is a shitty video game <laughs> and our special guest even del tor jr <laughs> Mahalo, everyone. <laughs> and as always, everybody, remember, stay nerdy, stay informed, and, and stay, stay awesome. awesome. It's not a shitty game. Oh, I got the last word in. Brian, come on. I get to edit the podcast, so. <laughs> God damn it. Anthony, Anthony, say goodbye. Brian, come on. You already stopped the recording. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now cut him off. Say goodbye, Anthony. Goodbye. Wheel, wheel, wheel. Thanks for listening to our nerdy show. Wheel, wheel, wheel. Nerd Podcast Radio. Wheel, wheel, wheel.